1: Hey, y'all, we're back with another episode of Black Women Healing Podcast. And yeah, I feel like, you know, we've been having some exciting guests and today's guest is just going to be as exciting as the others. But before we start, um, let's start off with a quote and we'll kind of reflect on that quote. So, um, mm, okay, so let's say I'm going to use this one. There's always something to suggest that you'll never be who you want it to be. Your choice is to take it or keep on moving. And this quote is by Felicia Rashad. Hmm. What do you all think about that quote? And I can read it over if needed.
2: Yeah, read that one more time.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. There's always something to suggest that you'll never be who you want it to be. Your choice is to take it or keep on moving.
0: I think it just, for me, says that you may come across people who may not like your character. or feel like there are things that you can do differently, and that may not always um, be how you want to exist. And that's okay. It's okay to just be who you are. That's the thing that I got out of it. Like, just always feeling okay with being who you are?
2: Uh, let's see, I think I got out of that. What I heard was there's always gonna be the possibility that you could have been different, right? Or that you could have been somebody else and that there's there's no changing that. So either accepting that, like radically accepting that, um, kind of being miserable, like, like staying in that thought or that cycle, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think the language on the that you'll never be who you wanted to be kind of makes it like oh, but I'm I'm guessing too kind of like what you all are saying, um, who you want to be, hopefully lines up with how you continue to show up. If you do take it or keep moving, if you choose to accept it or if you change it, then that is who you want to be. So it it really doesn't matter and when it says something about suggestions. I agree, whether that's yourself, the world, the different environments around you that suggest that this is not how you, is who you want it to be or whatever, I think that happens all the time, so then it is a choice of, I mean, it could be something as simple as, um, you know, you you realize that you curse a lot or something, and then you either accept it or you change it, and then that is technically who you're wanting to be, so Shout out to Felicia Rashad and the this is the sisters right this is the um Debbie um Debbie Allen is that who this is yeah okay I'm but sorry. they
0: make name all names so this is the Felicia Rashad
1: okay that's right <laughs> <laughs> um but okay we're about to get started All right, y'all. So I'm
0: gonna go ahead and introduce our guest, one of my dear and close friends, Monica. Monica is a San Diego native who identifies as black, queer, polyamorous woman. In addition, she is a sister, a daughter, auntie, and a therapist. So short, um, sweet, and straight to the point, just like Monica. <laughs> I was <laughs> gonna add in that you're a vegan sometimes, vegetarian sometimes, like <laughs> vegetarian sometimes, depending on the day.
2: <laughs> I know, I know, it switches up, but I appreciate you for accommodating.
0: With this. <laughs> so, for us to even jump in, can you define for our audience poly relationships so that way they have an understanding?
2: Sure. So. The, I guess, the most general or, uh, kind of breakdown is a polyamorous relationship is, or polyamory is the practice or the desire to have more than one intimate partner at the same time with the consent and knowledge uh, from each party. That's overall what that is.
0: Thank you for making that brief and straight to the mm-hmm. point. I'm curious yeah. if you have any literature that will be helpful for someone wanting to, explore a poly relationship sp- mm-hmm. specifically black folks
2: specifically black folks um i gotta look over that one a little bit more but i have the two couple of books that i think are really really helpful in terms of finding mm-hmm. definitions it can be this book called more than two um and then another book called Polysecure. um mm-hmm. can you see it already um if you look it up poly se- poly basically kind of maps out like attachment styles that come with the people who come with folks who want to explore polyamory um and looks at like just how your relationship how you connect to people in general so those are the two books that come to mind for me
1: yes. thank you for that. thank you for asking that question you know we love some books and to to hear the books that are surrounding this topic for sure is helpful um so what are some initial ways that you explored and started to experience poly relationships and to kind of piggyback on that, was it like a smooth and or difficult transition for you?
2: Um, Let's see, the way I chose to explore it, it was interesting because I, <laughs> I guess kind of became aware that I was polyamorous from a very early age, Um, just didn't have the language for it. So the way that I started to explore was maybe in high school with my first girlfriend, we kind of knew that we had different crushes on people. And so we had just conversation around like, oh, if you want to hang out with that guy you have a crush on, that's totally fine. We didn't know that what we were doing (laughs) fell under this category of polyamory. Um, So I guess from like our young perspective, that was the way that we started to explore was just making that aware to both of us that we're seeing other people. Um, Later on, when I got some more uh, language around it, I started exploring uh, a triad i don't know if y'all have ever heard of that but it's when um myself another person and another party so three people are all in one relationship um that was another form of polyamory i practiced for maybe over a year um it was cool but not my preference <laughs> to have a
1: triad what's the difference i'm yeah. sorry as you're talking yeah. about this i guess yeah. i'm wondering
2: yeah like,
1: because you're talking about different forms. So Mm -hmm. a triad relationship is still a poly relationship. Mm -hmm. It's just one form of them.
2: Yeah, just one form. So, um, so for example, so there's a type of polyamory called polyfidelity, um, which is when multiple partners um, are agreeing to have a closed relationship, right? So there can be, one two or three parties or more but you're making the conscious decision to not explore outside of who's already a part of that space right so if there's three of us we're not inviting any more folks to the party basically right so that is one form of uh, polyamory that I explored before um over time um i kind of like the feeling of being able to have you know more than one partner that don't have to coexist in that same space. Right. So if I had maybe a triad situation, I was still allowed to go see other folks that didn't need to be a part of that diet. Does that make sense?
1: Like with the polyfidelity, you're saying mm-hmm. that the people that you decide mm-hmm. to enjoy in the relationship mm-hmm. or have a relationship is only them. Yeah. Like it's, it's just it's them. them. Yeah. But it's a triad is three, but you also can continue to explore.
2: Uh, so the triad one, that one still was closed, um, um, which I, yeah. So I didn't prefer that. I like to just be in relationships with whoever I want to be in a relationship with, whether or not they're a part of that little.
1: Or not. Yeah.
2: yeah or not. Yeah
1: okay okay yeah. um just thinking yeah. of that though because either you mentioned that because you were saying that some initial ways you tried to started uh-huh. to explore and yeah. so for you in this tryout relationship you were saying that you felt like that wasn't <laughs> that was that wasn't the most uh,
2: <laughs> yeah that wasn't my favorite style of, um probably am right only because um Again, I liked to be able to connect with who I was connecting with. So I dated a woman and another man and we were all in uh, one relationship with each other. And you know, that was their preference too, was to just keep it amongst us three, uh, which is a beautiful form. It works for a lot of folks, um, but I found myself wanting to connect and experience other people. Um, oh. And of course, just wanting to be respectful of people's preferences yeah that that was something that was hard for me to keep up with as far as it, and honor myself, right yeah. um, so that was that's what made it kind of difficult for me,
1: yeah, and exploring mm-hmm. that too. I mean, it sounds like that um, I mean, you had to be open to exploring it, to figuring mm-hmm. out that wasn't your your way. Mm-hmm. so what ways what way, right? since you're talking about these other forms, what mm-hmm. way do you currently like identify with?
2: Um, So if I actually have my little note section, because polyamory is complex, there's a lot of different ways that you can do it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All right, great. Um, So I guess the best way I can kind of identify myself is like a non-hierarchical polyamorous person. So I don't place um, any of my relationships above the other, right? So um, most folks will say that they either have primary partnerships and secondary partnerships, which again works for some. It just implies that there's going to be someone who's always just a little bit more um, prioritized over the other. Whereas for me, um, I see all of my relationships, if I'm in one, as important. They might be different in terms of what they offer me, um, but I don't place any one over the other. If that makes sense, right? So, for example, um, I do have a partner. We've been together for four years, um, and how I might define her, how how I define her as like maybe my nesting partner. Yeah, so she's someone who I would, even though we don't live together right now, she's someone who I would see myself buying a home with, maybe merging finances with, um, having children with, right? Just having a lot of that overlap. Um, Whereas I might have another partner who I might see as my close partner. Um, Mm -hmm. Still a very significant person, someone who I would, love and care about but i probably wouldn't nest with them per se right um and then another version of that or another partner that can play a role in that could be like a comet partner which is maybe they're not around as often maybe not as frequently as the other two partners um but still very much important and loving in their own right um does that kind of make sense
1: yeah. yeah what was the last one you you yeah. named it the com comet, the comet com-
2: or co- comet you know how you see like comets in the sky like an atmosphere. I yeah. Come by every, <laughs> you know, every so often. Um, yeah. Right? Um, but still live in your heart. You still love them dearly.
1: Yeah. Um, like they're
2: always a part of your heart, but maybe aren't around as frequently as the other two. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Nesting partner, close partner, comet partner. Yeah. No, absolutely makes sense. Um, so, I mean, in thinking of the smooth and the difficult transition, this sounds like for you, this is, this has been the most smooth. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so yeah, one. yeah, it makes the most sense for me just because, um, I don't know, I, I think everybody's human, everybody's human, and so in trying to make any one person more important than the other, and I totally understand when people um, want to feel important, um, mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely, um, but I'm not interested in making anyone feel less than either because mm-hmm. in terms of the roles that they play in my life like they're very you know people are fulfilling in my heart and trying to pass someone off as though they don't matter um yeah those kind of things get kind of difficult when you're trying to articulate oh you're more important than this in this way And it's like it's, it's too much <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah yeah absolutely um and so and thinking of like your family and friend and support in other way of this part of your identity, how do you feel like folks have been supportive or and or not?
2: <laughs> um, in terms of support, um my parents, so my dad, he's 73, 70, yeah, 72, 73, and then my mom's 68. So so yeah, so you can assume that mm-hmm. they very, yeah.
1: different <laughs> very, very different generations.
2: Very different generations. So a part of me initially was like, oh, crap, they're not going to go for this at all. Um, But um, something that was helpful, I think, was prior to that, I, you know, they already knew I was queer uh, growing up and seeing their response to that. They were very loving. They didn't, you know, no judgments or anything like that. So that helped me be, you know, kind of tell them and share with them that I was polyamorous. Um, My mom's reaction was very nonchalant. (laughs) She was just like. (laughs) <laughs> I remember her driving the car and she was um, she was just like girl she was like everybody practices that um, that's always been a thing she's like people mm-hmm. just don't practice it openly all the time like in her come generation. on mom yeah she was yeah. just yeah she was very straightforward she was just like that's not an uncommon practice she was like "Just in our generation we just wasn't saying it that's the only mm-hmm. difference um she was, like people were doing she was like so they were going about it unethically um and so I was like okay cool um my dad uh, I remember going to a wedding with my parents. My mom's best friend was getting married and uh, me and my dad were having a conversation and my mom's best friend is a lesbian um, and I remember saying like, oh dad, are you going to be okay walking me down the aisle, you know, to go meet another woman, you know, my partner who I would want to get married to. And he made a joke and he's like, oh, well, knowing you, there's going to be more than one person at the end of the aisle. So as long as everybody treats each other with respect <laughs> and loves my daughter, <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> Um, so that was a surprising but hilarious <laughs> reaction from him. Um, in terms of like my siblings, you know, they they're supportive. They don't always understand it, um, but they're totally fine with um mm. just who I am as a person. Um, as far as my friends go, Myra's pretty supportive, right? Like she she loves me, doesn't care <laughs> uh, who I date, right? Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> especially, especially, was like, right, you love me. <laughs> um, but on the other hand, I've had some people in my life who are friends who aren't always the most supportive. Like I've had someone say it was one of my partners, uh, another person connected to one of my partners, who were they just like, oh I don't agree with this, I don't Oh no. Yeah, like yeah, and and, and not necessarily from a, like, mean perspective, just like, oh, I just don't, like, agree with that style of... Um, for them? Or
1: they were saying, like, in general? In the um,
2: So I think mostly for them. I think what right. their response was. I think t- something that I've noticed is when something is so new to people, um, it can elicit a lot of responses, right? Especially if your mind is so concrete around the idea of only one person can be with another person. Sometimes I think it can elicit like fear or just like misunderstanding. Um, And so their reaction is just like, oh my gosh, like more so out of fear of like, oh, I don't want you guys to have a bad relationship or um, something bad to happen. So that's Mm -hmm. more so where their reaction came from. Um, Mm -hmm. So from that perspective, I was like, oh, okay, I see that you, you love us. And so you're fearful that something bad will happen. Um, but I think over time they're like oh y'all got it okay it's totally fine nobody's hurt nobody's harmed Um, so everybody has been supportive I think yeah I think most folks sometimes struggle with being able to understand the dynamic you know but they're overall like supportive yeah
0: yeah thank you for sharing that Mm -hmm. we're curious how you feel you personally established boundaries in these relationships and like what that looks like
2: Mm, establishing boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. So in terms of how I've established boundaries before, it's been in a couple of different ways. Um, there's a few different styles of polyamory in terms of the way other partners interact with each other, for example. Um, one of those ways is kitchen table poly, right? Have you, has anybody ever heard of that? No. Okay. Okay. So (laughs) kitchen table poly is the understanding that all partners and, um, let me back up. I think a better way to define this. So first off, if you have a partner who dates another person, but you're not involved with that other person, right? That is called your metamorph right so it just means metamore. That met more metamore right so it just means that two people are dating the same person but they, them themselves are not intimately involved
1: right? uh-huh. yeah. so
2: for example um my partner has dated someone before and hadn't an, um but me and him didn't have the same we didn't have any kind of romantic relationship um so that would be my metamore right mm-hmm. um some folks um Practice kitchen table poly, meaning you're okay with everybody interacting and having like friendships and talking and being around each other, which is why people use the term kitchen table poly, like as though like everybody's hanging out <laughs> around the table. <laughs> Whereas some people are like absolutely not.
1: <laughs> not <laughs> to my table. Not like to not to kitchen table.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like you will not be at a kitchen table. <laughs> I can know that you're around and you're out. Yeah, and you love my partner, but nah, like we're not. We're not hanging out. Mm-hmm. Um. And I've practiced. I've practiced both, um, mm. as far as boundaries that help me feel good or lim- my own limits. Sure, my partner can go out and date whoever she wants to date. Um, at some point, it is helpful for me um, to know like that that person right after they mm. figure out their kind of their dynamic. Um, I like to be able to meet them right. Um, for me, in terms of like how that relates to my boundaries is it kind of demystifies who this person is, right? Um, so I like to be able to know who that person is, uh, maybe chat with them, maybe go out to dinner with them and things of that nature, um, just to figure out who my partner is involved with so that there's not this sense of like this mysterious person
0: <laughs> in mm-hmm. that
2: Um, whereas, you know, some other folks don't care to know. I do, so that's one way that I uphold my own limits, my own boundary. Like, I I do want to know who this person is.
1: Yeah. Sounds like a strong boundary to have and, like, you understanding what works for you. Um, Mm -hmm. So I want to make sure I got these notes right because I want to share
0: with our audience some of the types of poly relationships that we're learning. So we got polyfidelity, we got triad, then we got the terms, nesting partner, close partner. Then we got mm-hmm. kitchen table p- mm-hmm. common partner. Any other ones that just are shooting off the top of your brain? And I also, I'm going to make sure we tell them, like, it's complex. There are various ways you can do it. But these are some mm-hmm. of the things you can learn.
2: Sure. Uh, let me see. Some other terms that are kind of helpful for folks. Um, there is another dynamic. It's called parallel polyamory. Um Parallel means <laughs> it's not kitchen table, right? So this is <laughs> the one where, <laughs> not kitchen table, this is when um, all parties are aware that other relationships are existing. They just choose not to interact. Oh, okay. Yeah, they just choose not to. Um, so, um, or at least not as intimately as like a kitchen table polydynamic. dynamic. Um, but they're fully aware of like, oh, you're going to go see your other partner. You guys are going on a date. Cool, see you later. Love you. Have fun. <laughs> Have fun. Have a good time. <laughs> in terms of like them definitely it up and hanging out all the time they're like nah we don't need to do all that like <laughs> you're good <laughs> um and then let's see maybe let's see it's non-hierarchical um another term could be like solo polyamory so um this is referring to like a specific individual and how they interact with their multiple partners so a solo polyamorous person um has committed relationships, but they are not so much interested in doing maybe some of the more like, I don't wanna say committed, but like um, standard practices of like partnerships, like moving in and sharing finances and having kids. Um, they're usually a bit more independent. So they're not wanting to do that with other folks as much. They're just like, no, no, I can have multiple relationships, but I'm not trying to merge those those worlds. Um, so they, t- they tend to be a little bit more independent and on their own. And then let's see here. Uh, Another type of non-monogamy. This isn't necessarily. This is another form of non-monogamy. So it's not necessarily polyamory. Um, Can be. Let's see. Hmm.
0: Thank you for breaking this down because you're making me think about. Are you familiar with? uh, You're not really on TikTok like that, but are you familiar with (laughs) San (laughs) Diego? San, Diego, Sean what
2: San, San Diego Royalty. San Diego Royalty. Yeah, I can hear you.
0: Yeah, San Diego Royalty. So basically what it is, is it's this guy, his name is Sean. Mm-hmm. He's uh, in this committed relationship with this woman mm-hmm. named Denise. She goes away on her ship. to the. She's in the Navy. She mm-hmm. comes back. And basically he's like, I met this woman. I think that you'll really like her. Mm-hmm. Together, if we are poly, we can build um, generational wealth. Okay, Shyla, And so as as we're seeing it play out, their relationship is kind of... The relationship is kind <laughs> of confusing because it seems like... <laughs> we, can, we cannot hear her. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, the relationship is kind of confusing because it seems like Shanice doesn't really want to be a part of their relationship, right? So to me, it looks like what you're um, describing as... Um parallel poly but Mm -hmm. it looks like Sean the the main person in all this that's brought everybody together Mm -hmm. is trying to mesh them all together but they're all trying to do different things Mm -hmm. so it's interesting hearing you like break these down because as I'm looking at it it looks like everyone is in a different type of relationship but there was no real conversation about what everybody wants to do yeah Mm -hmm. now fast forward this has been going on for the past like year they're really popular on TikTok now Shanice has broken off and gone off and done her own thing. And she's basically said, like, Mm -hmm. if I was going to do poly, like I wanted to do solo poly, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. there was no understanding. Like we, I tried to have these conversations, but they did not happen. Mm -hmm. So I say all that to say, what I'm getting from this is conversations have to happen. That way we understand if we are going to be poly, how we want to exist in that type of relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: no, exactly. Um, I think it's interesting because, being in a polyamorous relationship versus, because I've tried monogamy before and definitely communication is important. I would say in polyamory, the level of communication that has to be present is just yeah. Ongoing, yeah, ongoing, very upfront. So for example, when I'm going on dates with folks, that is literally one of the first things I'm sharing. <laughs> just so everybody has informed consent of like, do you really wanna participate in what it would mean to date me, right? Um, Just because I'm not trying to surprise anybody down the line, right? So conversation is definitely something that has to be at the forefront, right? And making sure everybody's agreeing to what they're gonna be a part of. Yeah, but that's funny, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for do,
0: If you check them out, you'll fall down like a a rabbit hole. Like it's so just- Are they called the Royals? (laughs) The no the san diego san diego royalty oh uh, uh, royalty
2: i don't know maybe i have come across their stuff but i'll look yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. it's also making
0: me wonder for you monica how yeah. when you're in this type of relationship where communication has to be so present mm-hmm. how do you feel like that's impacted your other relationships because it makes me think about when you're when you have certain relationships where communication is so at the forefront it pushes you to feel like well for me mm-hmm. like if I'm doing this in one relationship, I have to do this in all relationships. Like communication, this has to be a thing because mm-hmm. then it makes me feel like, what are we really doing here in mm-hmm. friendships, family, all that? Yeah.
2: Um. In terms of how, yeah, no, definitely. I think for my intimate relationships, um, like romantic partners and things like that. Um, because my communication is still present, I tr- try to let that, you know, kind of flow into my other friendships, family, um. And, and just trying to make sure everybody's in the know about what's going on in my life um, as much as I can. Um, I feel like because I practice it so much between myself and my partner, um, it's it's not it, it flows pretty naturally sometimes um, in my family, sometimes I'm trying to be the one that's communicating a lot. Um, my sister's like, oh my goodness, like you're, I, I don't wanna say more, not in tune, more in tune, but I'm very much the talker. <laughs> In terms of like everybody's feelings, everybody's thoughts, I'm the feely kind of like therapist person <laughs> in my family. Um, so communication just, yeah, is definitely important to me, um, not just in my romantic context, but also my family, my friendships. Yeah,
0: yeah thank you for um, reflecting on that. I'm curious, as we're thinking about um, just supporting other folks who may be interested in exploring, do you have any like resources or suggestions that you might give them?
2: yeah so let me actually pull this up for a second um so on instagram um i want to make sure i'm saying her name right um there is a woman her name is sanu um sanu and she is um polyamorous uh, woman who supports and coaches folks online um so let me see here let me make sure i'm spelling her name right and i can also give you the notes later too um, but her name is sunu she coaches people online um, how to like start integrating into polyamory um, another person i'm gonna look at his youtube channel i like his youtube channel because it's so um not short and to the point but very concise um his name is polyam fam Um, as a way to kind of start learning and breaking down the different uh, forms of polyamory boundaries and polyamory Um, so those are two people that I really uh, i enjoy looking after listening to
0: would you suggest um shambudi she doesn't focus on poly but just like relationship stuff like as a whole or is there someone else you suggest?
2: also shambudrum i think she's really open um, in terms of just being open in her own relationship but also just open to all different styles of relationships so I think her channel focuses more on like sex. uh, she talks a lot about like sex education and things of that nature um so she's a good resource um who else am I thinking of hmm yeah those are ones that come to mind right now in terms of like starting off and getting some footing into understanding what polyamory is about
0: yeah thank you for that and then we have the books that you shared too so I think that Uh, putting both of those together would be really helpful.
1: Yes, absolutely. So at the end of our podcast, we always um, ask our guests to give a takeaway and this could be anything you want, Anything's on your mind that you want to leave with the audience today. So what would you say? Um, As a takeaway. um, um,
2: Just from my own experience in practicing.
1: Mm-hmm. anything that's coming in mind even if it's a quote if it's a person but anything that comes up for you that you just want to leave the audience with or even yourself with today
2: yeah I think for me something that I've been reflecting on and just like in my journey in general is learning to be authentic and just who you are
1: mm-hmm. as a person,
2: right and like sure I'm talking about like polyamory and stuff today um But I think the more honest you are with yourself, um, the more you attract the people who are gonna be a part of your tribe and who love and support you. Um, But you have to first start off by um, being honest with who you are to yourself.
1: Yes, yes. I love that. Absolutely. Authenticity is trying our best to show up as that way. And you will attract what's supposed to be for you, which kind of goes back to that quote, I guess, a little bit. Um, But we thank you so much for joining us today, answering all of our curious questions. Uh, We really appreciate it. Of
2: course. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Hi.